Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Uh, we're going to rake over the coals of the All-Ireland Football semi-final day. So, we have a very happy Eamon Fitzmaritz on, so we have to count it out with a couple of Corkmen, Roy O'Neill and Michael Foley. <laughs> just, just, just to bring the tone down a bit. <laughs> to pick holes, Eamon, that's what they're going to Double marked, I'm being double marked this morning, Michael. Uh, yeah. No fear of you. You're the podcast, David Clifford. Um, yeah, well, actually, to, to, to start on Kerry... Um, a couple of wonderful pictures, um, one on a piece Connor Neville has written for the, the website, which is up there this morning on the RT website. Uh, a fantastic picture of Sean Shea, one of the Spillans and a few more players leaping in joy uh, at the final whistle, cavorting like like pure, unadulterated bliss. Eamon, what's happened to you? Come on. You used to treat all Ireland football semifinals like, you know, you know, a challenge match. You know, ah, that's one dust off back for the final. You know, which will probably win. You know, there's 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 an awful lot of happiness there. I think this one actually meant something, Eamon, did it? There's a lot of lot of pain went into that as well, Mikey. So um yeah, look, it was I remember in twenty fourteen below on the Gaelic grounds, there was a pitch invasion after the semi-final win, and Kerry crowds definitely don't do that normally. So um, you know, sometimes these wins win mean more than other times, and obviously the fact of that that brilliant Dublin team for the last decade have uh, have been our nemesis and we haven't been able to get over them so it was huge but look it's like all teams and it's it doesn't matter if it's a school team a club team a county team that photo of, of the Spillans and Shawnee Shea if you if you think about it they're from the same neck of the woods down around Kinmere, Temple No and Kerry they played schools football together they've played club football with and against each other they travelled to training together um, they've lived together above in Cork in college, you know, so the, the bond that those fellas have, the, the deep friendship that those fellas would have, as well as being teammates then on a, on a Kerry team that are on a mission. So, you know, oftentimes, even at the top end of elite sport, it can come down to those personal relationships. And it was just, it was a great snap that I think both the sports file and the info lads got of the lads there together at, at the end of the game and you know like you said leaping with joy and just delighted to have got the job done but uh, there would be the personal relationships involved in that as well and there is that bit of uh, ecstasy you know the manner of it I think a lot of people in the stadium were probably getting ready for for extra time um, but but Shawnee Shea to be fair to him had other plans. Yeah um, uh, the reason for the outpouring obviously as well and make uh, to, to reference another photo this one by James Cronby uh, of Info which he has on his Twitter account if anyone wants to have a look at it the reason for the outpouring would have been the tension as well which is perfectly illustrated in this picture um, it's of Sean O'Shea but he's 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 not in focus the crowd behind him is in focus and it's just it's brilliant it's a it's a it's someone described it as a where's Wally of emotion there's just there's everything there there's people gnawing on their fingernails people gnawing on their children's fingernails probably <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great photo isn't it yeah, that's that's sometimes that's you know that's the genius of James in particular. That's that's the genius of James to see to see a different story in in the obvious picture. The obvious picture there is take a picture of Shawnee Shea 
shaping himself to to kick a, a free, but but James sees beyond it. He sees he sees to try and capture the tension, and it, it's it's fantastic. As you say, Sean, he's all blurred, and you just see this tableau of emotion behind him. Um, it's, it's fabulous. I mean, it was such an amazing free kick. Like, I mean, I I I had done something yesterday morning on on Shawnee, so I'd done a little bit of digging into him last last week, and like, it's amazing. You know, and I know Eamon has has spoken and written about Shawnee before as well. Like the mentality of this lad and his his conviction to become what he is becoming um, is 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 a sight to behold. Like I think I'm right in saying that um, like he wasn't he wasn't a natural free taker. He 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 taught himself practically. To, he 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 made himself a free taker some years ago. It wasn't something that that uh, he grew up kicking all the frees all the time. He I think he had a he had a year off, I think, or something like that, but he was working at home in the family dry cleaners and he had a lot of spare time. And for whatever reason, he just decided he needed to add free take into his armory and he just went and he just honed it and honed it and honed it. And, you know, when you see a moment like that, I mean, that wind down, down the hill was a really swirly devil of a thing. Um, and it was, no, you know, I mean, distance, this is whatever. The distance he was out 55, as well. 55 metres. I mean, it was, to me, looking at it, it was just all technique. I mean, the technique, the strike was so good that he took all the elements out of it. That thing was traveling as well. I mean, that thing was going to, you know, that, that was going to drop far beyond the hill if there had been no hill there. I mean, it was just, it was an absolute yeah, it was a thing of absolute perfection, you know? Yeah, it was, it really was. Um, Roy, the, we'll get on to the match in a minute, but uh, reading a, a little bit of the kind of the coverage this morning and last night, and, and, and Connor makes a point in his piece that for Galway, this is a shot to nothing. And I think somebody said in the Indo um, that this is a, uh, these are two teams that were going to be coming up against each other on different levels. And like, basically this Kerry have this one. Um, so I said, Damon, there you can get the one in a row t-shirts printed up now in advance. But um, I think that's, I guess that's foolish really to, to be thinking like that. Like it, it wasn't a final of a semi-final of the highest quality, but Galway have once again found a way to, to beat a different kind of a team. And they're, they're finding, they're plotting their way through this all Ireland in a very, um, not always convincing, but a very impressive way. When you look at their body of work now, I don't think anybody, uh, Jack O'Connor least of all, will be underestimating this Galway team. Definitely not. And the shot to nothing thing, I'm not entirely sure if I subscribe to it because it's a long way back. If you, if you don't, if you don't take the opportunity when it when it comes, um, they have a reasonably good record against Kerry in 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 recent times. I think the last meeting between the two was it in a Super Eights game, which Galway won if I'm not mistaken. So um, I think they look, they have shown that they can win games in different ways. They're pretty adaptable. They've got a very good uh, set, set of forwards, which will cause problems for any team. And obviously I think it was the main difference on Saturday night. They just had the better forwards. And that's ultimately what won the game, I think, for them. You know, I mean, from a Derry perspective, I think I was looking there to this score between the 11th and the 64th minute. Derry managed one point. Maybe two was it, Eamon, or was it one? One, one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was in that whole time. Sure, look, I mean, that's basically the game there, whereas Galway had a lot more uh, strings to their bow and... I think they're going into this Galway teams generally, you know, they, they're, they're great momentum teams. They're great when their confidence starts to kind of course through their veins, they can be, you know, they've obviously got top class footballers right throughout the team. 
they're playing to a very good system. Kerry wobbled a wee bit, falling over the line, you know. Um, let's be honest. So I, I, I think it's. I wouldn't necessarily go 50-50, but I think I'll be have a good chance. Yeah. And the the thing about it, Mikey, as well as Rory mentioned it there, there that 2018 game, like that was probably my, I would say, most disappointing day involved in 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 management that particular that particular day. But as well as that, the previous year. Uh, the 2017 All-Ireland Under-21 semi-final that we'll say that group had won a minor All-Ireland in 2014 for Kerry and you know a lot of the lads Tom Sullivan, uh, Brian O'Bealgliach and Gavin Hoyce, Killian Spillane there was a lot of those lads on that team they were beaten by Galway in an Under-21 semi-final um, Kieran Malai, Dylan McHugh, Killian McDaid um, Rob Finnerty, Sean Kelly, all of those fellas were on that Galway under 21 team in 2017. So, from the point of view of Galway, they'll have no fear of Kerry. Yeah. And at the other side, that, that Kerry group lost to Galway, but they were also being managed by Jack at the time. So, I, I think from the, Kerry, from the Kerry perspective, there'll be no taking Galway likely, both from the, the, the senior players. They would all, more, nearly all of those lads that played yesterday would have been playing in 2018 in that game uh, in, in Crow Park in the Super 8s. And there's a significant cohort of them that would have played in that 2017 semi-final against Galway as well. So they definitely won't be taking them lightly, you know? Yeah. The only game, the only game really that sort of, I suppose, books all that trend is is the league match from last year. Yeah, COVID completely yeah. wrecked my head. It was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, so like I, I was down at that game in Tralee where Kerry absolutely destroyed them. Now, there's lo- like, again, you can take that apart fairly handily. Like it was the first game post-COVID. Galway didn't, Galway, uh, there was a few guys that just, just clearly weren't fit. They just, they just hadn't enough work done even remotely near what needed, where they needed to be at in the couple of weeks they had. But I do, I do recall that it did prompt a sort of a dark night of the soul with Galway. Are right, a little bit that game? Look, in a couple of weeks' time, depending on how it goes, you could be looking at that league game the same way as Tyrone would have looked at the the league game later on last year against Kerry. The lads are right. Like, I mean, Galway, Galway and All Ireland final are funny. Once they get, once they get rolling, doesn't matter what era it is, they will genuinely believe that they're going to win this game. Now, there's no no question or doubt about it, and. Uh, uh, I would not. In I'm actually surprised if this. Like I haven't, to be honest. Now I've only read a few bits and pieces. I haven't had a chance to go through it. I'm actually surprised if anybody is kind of saying this is a this this is a walk-in. No, for Kerry, it's, it's a long way from a walk-in. Yeah, yeah. No, it absolutely is. Um, okay, so let's get on to looking at the games and and um, let's start have a seat with, with yesterday. Um, a bit of a nail biter, I think it's fair to say. Eamon, I, I was listening to uh, the RT Radio One coverage and. And Jackie mentioned that watching this game with you was actually, in some ways, watching you was almost as interesting as watching the game. It sounds like you ran through the full gamut of emotions there, did you? It did, and normally I'd be poker face enough, uh, Mikey, but uh, I actually had to write my piece for the examiner after the game yesterday, and I found it hard to... I found it hard to kind of gather myself and, and actually put, you know, some kind of an analytical... Uh, spinning it but uh, yeah it was look <clears throat> I think Kerry got an awful lot right and they played very well but that Dublin team did what they do they're just such champions they just were not going to let it go easily and you know that was epitomised by James McCarthy throughout the game but especially in the second half he just 
you know, the man has eight All-Ireland medals and he just, it's not about the medals with him, it's about the contest in front of his face and he just was not going to let it go and he drove, he drove the dubs on and, you know, they made a couple of decisions at the end that in their, in their pomp, they wouldn't have done in the clutch, you know, Niall Scully shot, John Small lumped the ball in on top of Dean Rock. There was a couple of things like that that they did that normally they wouldn't do and uh, it, it gave Kerry the opportunities but uh, obviously it was hugely huge relief at the end that Kerry, Kerry won because if they'd lost that game and in the circumstances of the game and then when you put in the context of Conor Callahan not playing it would have been it would have been there would have been some amount of soul searching for for the next six months again so um, it was hu- hugely significant win for 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 that group, and I was just delighted for the players because uh, they've you know they've been through a fair uh, ringer uh, over the last couple of seasons in particular. So it's 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 great that they're into the final, but they'll know now that that, that performance yesterday buys them two weeks, and uh, they need to deliver again in the final to to make sure that there's uh, a positive a positive winter ahead. Yeah, Rory, credit where it's, it, it's due to. To carry obviously Sean O'Shea is getting will get all the plaudits because you know ice in his veins the technique that Mick was mentioning there but how they won that free which was a free I think I, I think was a few, yeah. few people questioning it but uh, like he, he he may have been grabbing the ball but he was grabbing the ball after coming through the back was, of him yeah. I mean it was, it was but free. it was the lead up to the free Kerry showed great courage really didn't they that at that stage of the game the short kick out you know the run the pass I think it was Brina Bugley wasn't it it was um. You know they they stuck to their process as the as the Americans like to say and, and it paid off. Whereas we've seen a lot of teams end game, you know actually Galway did it in the quarter final. You know against uh, Armagh where they kind of uh, lost the head a little bit. Kerry didn't lose the head and um, it, it was it was just it was very very impressive like the way they finished out that game and it's kind of what Dublin had done to them you know four or five times in the last decade. So it would have been particularly sweet. Um, I no. Having said that, and I, yeah, that's absolutely fair. Jeez, I got a sense if this ended up going into extra time, I thought the momentum was very much with Dublin. Oh, and, 100%, and, yeah. And, and, absolutely, and, yeah. And, and, and the, other, the other thing, which I was probably surprised at, was I thought Dublin looked the fitter team um, as we entered into the last five, 10 or 15 minutes. Whereas, you know, I mean, look, I just, and I thought that might have actually been a quite a significant aspect if the game had gone into extra time. And there's no question at all in my mind that if Conor Callaghan plays yesterday, Dublin win. Um, so I think from a Kerry perspective, like over the 74, 75 minutes, I think they were the better side. And I, like if you're to take the game as a whole, and I think it was hugely significant for them to get across the line. I, um, they, they, they did deserve the victory. There's absolutely no doubt about that. They can take a huge amount out of it. It's not easy. Like, I mean, there's so few teams that have been able to go up to Croke Park and beat Dublin going back a long time now. I know this is a different iteration of the very many teams they've had since their great period of success began, but I think it's a hugely significant victory for Kerry football and the genie could be out of the bottle now. (laughs) (laughs) Scary for everyone else. Yeah, Um, I hope so. (laughs) <laughs> um, said with steely determination as always yeah. um, <laughs> um, Mick there will be things for Kerry to work on like obviously you know they, they'd conceded I think two goals one from play between league and championship before yesterday and 
and taking nothing away from Castellos' goal, it was fantastic. It was a fa- absolutely fantastic goal. Like maybe it was, uh, it wasn't actually defendable. Fabulous but finish. yeah, Ke- Kerry, like they they got a little bit leaky. <laughs> they were listing there towards the end, and um, the inf- the the impact of Paddy Smalls when he came on was telling as well. And like they didn't they didn't look so sure footed um, in defence in that you know in the second half, did they? No, but like I mean, you're never you're not going to get through a game without looking uncertain and leaky. I mean, if you told them, you know, if going out yesterday that they'd, they'd hold Dublin to what was it, one thirteen, wasn't it? Yeah. So like, <laughs> you take that. Yeah. You, you take that all day. So like, I mean, you're you're always going to have spells in matches where you have to wear it to, and that was always going to be the question, given given the performances against Tyrone, given the performance against Corkdear before, when it really, really mattered, when it's, you know, when the test comes, what are you going to do, you know? And, like, they, I thought they reacted really, really well overall. Um, defensively, look, the goal, the goal was a piece of genius. I was in direct line behind the goal, you know, behind the shot, and he had a letterbox of space to aim at. It was genius, and Absolute and he hadn't, genius. and he also hadn't really been playing that well. He hadn't played well. Uh, um, uh, Michael, sorry, he had four shots on goal yesterday, Carmel Costello, and two of them leaked wide. Two ones that he would probably have thought to have to have scored leaked wide. So it was great character from him to to take it on and to see the see the chance. And, and, and Mick, it's also important to say he disguised it as well because until he kicked the ball, you probably thought he he might be shooting for a point or he might be going to fist yeah. it over the bar. Yeah, and it was a great build-up to it as well. I think it was like two or three long fist passes, like classic Dublin, you know, just just stretching out the fist passes and, and then he got, like they, but the Kerry's reaction then, I mean, they made a couple of changes, bought a couple of lads off their bench and they just sort of, that, you know, that that steeliness that you needed to see that, you know, and I think David Clifford referenced it afterwards yesterday that sometimes they lay down, in his in his words, in those scenarios, you know, they didn't lie down yesterday. I mean, the turnovers, I think they, they won the turnover battle by one, uh, which was crucial. Um, and they just put they've just they just, they just put Dublin under huge pressure. Keep in mind as well that like for the second half, Dublin had the wind, and it wasn't a wind that was going to win you the game, but it just gave them a, a bit in their sails. It allowed them to put Kieran Kilkenny to full forward where a ball could stick uh, in a way. But it was interesting actually when a couple of balls that went into Kilkenny, you could nearly see what they were going to do with Khan if Khan had been there. The minute Kilkenny got the ball, there was four lads on top of him. They were just, they were, you know, it was almost like a, a footballing equivalent of a choke tackle. It was just everybody was around them and they were holding him up. Uh, and that was going to be the plan. But, to, you know, again, to have the concentration and the, and the drive uh, and all the rest of it to actually execute that over and again, it was very impressive. And that's probably, that probably, I mean, Shawnee's free obviously st- stands out. But I mean, I put it another way, like if Nile Scully doesn't sky that ball up into the air, if he if he if he recycles it and plays it around the way the dubs often did, um, that free would never have happened. And we could be talking a very different game now. But that comes back again then to another issue with Dublin, uh, is the winning of tight matches. That seems to have gotten away from them. It's probably reason it's probably because the team is in in, in flux and changing. Um, that's the other thing like here, like you've got two teams that inter- that have intersected now at the point where we kind of down the years expected it may happen. Like this, uh, as Eamon referenced there, this was Kerry's moment to make a statement yesterday. If they had not made a, if they had not won this game, I mean, I just, I, I shudder to think of the prospects for a lot of them, an awful lot of them. A lot of lads were heroes today. Their careers would have been over today if they hadn't, if they hadn't won. Yeah, um, it, it did. And I think that's kind of, the point you'd be making, Eamon, about the the, the the stakes, the stakes here. So when when you consider that, you know, 
they did stand up and yeah, Niles Scully did sky that ball, which, you know, Hawkeye couldn't have a look at, uh, but I don't think needed to. Um, they did, they did stand up, and in the Hawkeye first, had a, Hawkeye's had a tough couple of days. Yeah, we'll get on to, we'll get on, we'll get on to Hawkeye. Um, but just, I suppose, the man who kind of, you know, is is seen kind of as the talisman, obviously, is David Clifford and Eamon in the first half. He he was pretty much he was he was unplayable. Basically, he he showed you know right foot, left foot that languid kicking style he has, where it looks like he's barely kicking the ball, and next thing it's gone, you know three stories into the air and it's cleared the crossbar by about 40 feet and you're like but he barely swung his leg and but then the second half he was a little quieter maybe maybe Mick Fitzsimons or the oh, Fitzsimons got to grips with him I think Fitzsimons deserves a huge amount he does. of credit there like yeah he, he does he really got to grips with him uh, you know and he like again like I thought Dublin were I thought Dublin were magnificent yesterday you know um for my money anyway I, I don't know what the lads think but just like some of their big players just all like all you ever want, if you're like if you're a Dublin supporter this morning, all you ever look for in any of if if you're supporting any team, did they leave everything out there? Did they empty themselves and did they give everything to the task? And I think they did. I think you can't have like no Dublin supporter could have any complaints. And I think Mick Fitzsimons was chief among them because he was struggling early doors, but he really did settle into the task for a man that's like you know I don't know is he thirty three? Is he certainly certainly thirty two, thirty three at this stage? to actually, um, you know, be handed that task as well and how difficult it is, Eamon. I mean, you know, Clifford is is as tough a task as you're going to get, really, isn't it? It is. I know he was. And I think Dublin in general upped the ante in the second half and they cut down the space and the breeze into the hill was a factor as well. You had to get a bit closer to goal to shoot it. But David Clifford in the first half, as you said, Mikey, he was, he was majestic. Like some of the, I mean, he kicked one score from just inside the 45 it was still rising going over the crossbar and it's it's almost like that that's that's just a norm for him now and one thing I enjoyed just at halftime I don't know if you saw us um he was one on one inside with Fitzsimons and Johnny Cooper to be fair to him had dropped back he was trying to get back as quick as he could Paddy was in possession and there was a kind of an over the top ball on for David and it would have been a one on one situation it was a goal chance like would have been similar to the to the goal he got in the league final, it would have been a similar type position to go at Fitzsimons, but Paddy undercooked the, the pass and uh, Johnny Cooper intercepted it brilliantly in fairness him, but the two boys had a bit of a powwow going in at halftime anyway, and uh, in fairness, by the time they got to the tunnel, they had it kind of started out, you could see that there was a bit of, there was a bit of uh, consolation had been reached, but uh, I, I enjoyed that moment, but no, but look, Mick Fitzsimons has been one of the best in the business for an awful long time and uh, it it, sh- it shows the level that David Clifford is operating at when he can you know play as well as he did in the first half uh, marking someone as good as Fitzsimons but mm. a lot of credit to Fitzsimons for for the way he performed in the second half after David got the early point I think as well as the game was going on David was probably fatigued a bit because of you know the training that he has missed over the last couple of weeks he was tiring. And again, that whole extra time thing, if, if it had gone to extra time, you know, David, would he have been able to have been as much of a factor, bearing in mind that there was a bit of fatigue involved? But uh, I know when he's, geez, when he's on song, he's, for anyone, he's great to watch. But obviously for, for Kerry supporters, it's, it's, it's fantastic to, to, to be watching him in his pump. Do they, big issue for Galway, that is. A big, big, yeah, oh, big issue for Galway who picks him up. But anyway, big, we'll big issue for every team. Do they use him enough, Mick? Because there did seem to be 
like a, a little bit of not just the, that pod incident at, at the end, but there seemed to be a little bit of frustration from Clifford and maybe the other inside forwards that the ball wasn't coming in quick enough. Did you get that sense? Definitely in the first half, there was occasions I thought where they could play it in a bit quicker. I don't know. Maybe it depends. It depends what the, the player in possession may see a different pitcher on the field when he's looking up. You know, it's hard. It's 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 easy for us sitting away up and standing. Mm. Oh, sure, look, he's in loads of space. Kick it in. You know, it's hard. It's different when you're down there looking and all you see is blue jerseys in front of you. But uh, yeah, like look, it, it, I think the uh, I think the second half definitely. I think it was more fatigue than anything. But also, I mean, as Eamon's point out there, like it's 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 the way Dublin cut down space and they they just everything about Dublin intensified in the second half because it had to. I mean, they could have they could have had three goals gone, uh, but you know, by say ten minutes into the second half, five ten minutes in the second half, and game long over. But you know, when they when they get when they were given the opportunity to get back into the game, they nearly got there. But you know, maybe it was reflective of the game as a whole that they could never quite bridge the gap. They could never quite get ahead and turn the screw in that way on Kerry. Um, and that little gap in quality was always there. Um, you know, Kerry, by and large, across the game, I thought Kerry got their scores a little bit easier than Dublin did. You know, Dublin really had to work for every score. Well, not for every score, but for a lot of their scores. Um, so that kind of was 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 kind of there all the time. And throughout the second half, you were feeling, if Kerry get a second goal, we're done here. That was always a feeling, regardless of, Regardless of the gap, well, I think the if the penalty goes in, I think it was a oh, well, it's done. very long way back, wasn't it's, it? Really, you're done. Yeah. You're 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 done. I thought it was a soft enough penalty. It was um, soft. I felt it was a soft penalty as like, well. Yeah, it was yeah. a kind of one that I like. You have to look at this. Was it on the replay I, I, in real time? I was amazed. It was a penalty. Then looking at the replay after, you're going, well, would that be given out the field? Maybe depend on the ref. Yeah, like, but it was. It for for a penalty of such import, it was uh, it was it was very soft. I thought. Yeah, and Sean O'Shea did a decent thing there and took a soft penalty. I was surprised he took it. <laughs> Actually, Eamon, you can answer this because I was surprised he took it because I didn't think he really took penalties. Clifford dragged one wide there. Did, did the last penalty did, did David Clifford miss it? Eamon, are they are they a little against, bit like that was against Dublin? Was it? Are they a little like Man City? Are they a great team lacking a penalty taker? No, I think um, Shawnee would be the penalty taker. He'd be the number one guy, all right. Um, I saw Paul Ganey was kind of half looking for it as well, possibly to get himself into the game when things weren't going um, uh, as well as planned for him. Um, Paul has taken him in the past. He missed one against Dublin in the 2019 final. Um, David has, like David, I remember, scored my last game against Kildare in the Super 8s. He stuck a penalty that, that evening in Fitzgerald Stadium. He can take them as well, but... Shawnee is the penalty taker. Like yeah. he used to, he 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 would be the number one guy. And uh, yeah, it was for for him. You know, such a sweet striker of the ball. It was an unusual penalty. I I actually I forgot to when I was watching the television. I was thinking about it coming down the car. I was wondering was he was he almost waiting for Comerford to move before he decided mm. which direction he was going, and then he just ended up, you know, under hitting it. I I I, I meant to look at his. To see if his eyes that it, it was he looking at um was he looking at comfort to see if he moved and fair seven comfort he didn't move and he stayed there and he 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 made a good save and Shawnee underkicked it but uh, normally he'd he'd blasted into one of the corners and that's the way that's the way he takes them like so do you think Eamon, though with um once the penalty was awarded we had a big delay before the actual penalty was taken 
because Comerford actually, if you remember, I think initially he was holding his head, and then when the when the medics came on, they were, <laughs> they were when the medics came on, they were the medics came on, they were fixing his ankle, right? Yeah. So we, we don't know. We're not doctors, so we can't speculate as to what have <laughs> might have been the issue. But um, I'm I just wondering. Kevin Comerford, fact, um, I don't know who he was. Uh, so maybe one of his former teammates, one of the lads uh, on um, the bit of the 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 bit of games on chip. He he he. I don't know how much time he ate up that time. And in fairness to Dublin, they actually managed that black black card period very well. Mm-hmm. They went through two big long periods of possession, and it, you know it was completely planned. You could see that they were trying to eat up the clock, but. Uh, he was shaking the post in for Shawnee yeah, yeah. at the end. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, someone, but, you, he, but, in, he, but like, if you're hanging around waiting that long to take a Yeah, point, yeah, yeah. Does that, does that, does that, does that, because I'd assume it starts to get inside your head a small bit about, you know, like. You, you see, again with him, yeah, again with, with Shawnee, I, I wouldn't say so, Rory, the type right. of personality is. I would imagine in that situation, he's making up his mind. And like I said, I must look back to see he's making up his mind. Okay. I'm going to watch Comfort until the very last second. And then I'm going to go away. Or I'm going to the right hand side and I'm going in low. I've done this a hundred times. And if anyway, if anything, it's given him a chance to gather his breath, get his heart rate down, all of those things. So for him, no, I wouldn't say so, but I, I could see, you know, in general terms, how then you can start thinking about the significance of the, the kick. This is going to put us so much up. It's coming up to halftime. This is a huge kick. But uh, Sean, he's so experienced uh, at this stage. I, I don't think so. I don't think so, to be honest. Yeah. 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 That can happen. There's something about his mentality. Again, it goes back. And something I think um, you mentioned there about James McCarthy earlier on, just going for the next ball, the next ball. Like, he seems to, Sean, he seems to have this ability just to focus on in on whatever's going on in the moment. Like I was talking to Mickey Ned O'Sullivan last week, who would have lives in Kenmare, would have coached him up the years at different stages. And he was making the point that he is just one of these rare guys that is able to just completely focus in on the moment. You know, it doesn't matter what's gone before. It doesn't matter even what you've won. Nothing. It's just purely about this strike of the ball or this moment. Um, and so I think in the case, and it, like that's proven by the free afterwards. I mean, to, to, you know, to, to, Tell the goalie to stay where you are and go, like, I'm taking this on, given that he had missed the penalty earlier on. If, if he wasn't of that mentality, you would that ball would definitely not have gone over the bar. Um, and the, free, the, the the penalty was just a weak one. It actually reminded me, it reminded me of the old Mayo trick uh, when Andy Moore used to be playing and they get a penalty and Andy would take the ball and take all the abuse that would come. He'd just stand on the spot with the ball Defenders would be coming in, mouthing away, or whatever the hell would be going on. And then when the time was had, would come, Killian would emerge from the, in the throng and take the ball off. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Good. Uh, it's great, great thing. I always stuck in my head. said, like, you know. Just on Shawnee, Mick, and I know you, you, we could get carried away with him today, but it was such a, a good kick. But like when, when Morris Fitz came in as a selector with me, he, he did a load of work with the free takers in general. And, you know, he he kind of took Shawnee under his wing. Morris came in, um, Morris's first year, I'd say it was 2017, which was Shawnee's first year in the squad as well. And he would have, he would have done a lot of work with, with him and with all of the free, with all of the free takers. And I imagine that's continued for the last couple of years. So, you know, if you're talking about a, a free, free taking coach and a guy in terms, again, of mentality 
and focusing on the moment and everything else, you 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 couldn't have better. So I I think you mentioned earlier. I think it was during his transition year actually that he went down to the field in Kenmare and started his free taking journey, and he started kicking balls over the bar, and it, it came from there. But I think Morris Fitz definitely was 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 a big factor as well in getting him to zero in and those those key moments in 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 the big games. Well, there's 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 an image I can I can imagine this is some form of like Kerry yoga or like mindfulness. Like I can imagine now Mar Mars Mars Pitts and Johnny you need, O'Shea. You need a special you need a special golden ticket to get into that. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'd like to be a fly on the wall for that one. Um, okay, Eamon, just just finally same same fifteen for the final. Would you imagine? Um, David Moore and David Clifford, these the Davids are going to be fitter after two. They're not going to do a massive amount of training in the next fortnight, but um, they'll be fitter again, and that's that's good news, really, isn't it? Those with those two, that little bit that, fitter. Absolutely, Mikey. And that game yesterday, in terms of the intensity and the pace of the game, up and down the field, that that have done more for for the the kind of match fitness of the whole squad. Not just the lads that haven't, uh, you know, haven't a huge pile of football played this year. You you can't actually place a value on playing a game like that. Um, you know, Galway would have got a similar um, shot in the arm from the from the Armagh game in particular. But that that game was invaluable yesterday in terms of getting high speed mileage into the into the whole team. Um, there will be like you know the debates will be over the lads that that went off. Uh, you Stephen know, O'Brien, Stephen O'Brien could be under a little bit of pressure because I thought Darren Moynihan actually did quite well when he came in. The the one thing I'd say, absolutely, and look, uh, Darren Moynihan's a top player as well. Mm. Stephen O'Brien and Paul Ganey are two very experienced operators, and you know they've won all Ireland's. And Jack, Jack thinks of everything like, and he'll be thinking yeah. of the balance of the team and having a couple of previous all Ireland medal winners on the pitch. I suppose the one, the big worry for Kerry is Gavin White, and you know he, he like like a calf. It, was it was it a calf? He, it, it was his knee that afterwards, and I was looking at him. It was his knee that he had ice on Rory, and like last night watching the match, the worrying thing was it wasn't a contact injury. Do you know if it's if it's contact? Generally, there can be bruising or whatever. But when a fellow's running on his own and something happens, that's a worrying one that's with worrying, just two yeah. weeks. So now again, in fairness, there there are there are there are you know able deputies. Paul Murphy obviously hasn't been starting, and again, he's all Ireland winning experience. Gavin Crowley as well is a, is a solid option. But the point always is that when you start to lose players and you're going further into your squad, then you're being robbed of replacements. Uh, uh, you know, for 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 the finishing stages of an all Ireland final, but. Um, there will be a bit of competition, Mikey. They 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 will play big football next weekend, and um, you know, farm farm will come into it then for the following week. And Jack is always a great man for horses for courses, so he'd be looking at Galway and what 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 he thinks is is the best way to go at them, and will pick accordingly then. Okay, right. Let's get on to Saturday's game then, um, which obviously finished Galway two, to. two Galway two eight. Rory, Rory, come on now. This is this was a fascinating game of football. Um, we just keep fir- talking about Kerry and Dublin. The first, the first 20, 25 minutes weren't that fascinating. Actually, Mick, it was so not fascinating that I went to Twitter and I saw there was there was more people talking about how much they liked the commentary duo of Darren Maloney and Eamon Fitzmaurice than were talking about the game. There was a big love in for Fitzy uh, and uh, 
<laughs> and his co and his commentator there. I tell you, it, 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 it would go to a fella's head if you were that way inclined, you know. But uh, what you call this? <laughs> no fear, Michael. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're doing a great job on it. But um, what you call it? Yeah, like it, it's look. The first twenty minutes were played on Derry's terms. It was, just, you know, Derry. You know, when a game when a great, when a game unfolds like that, you have to look at both teams and go, well, what what can either team do to make this better? And God, we could have done an awful lot more to make it better. I mean, they look to me, they look nervous, they looked a bit twitchy. They looked awkward. I think both honest. teams are very nervous in the first quarter. Well, I, th- I thought that Derry would have been quite happy just in terms of the pace of the game, the way it was being played out. Um, they made a few uncharacteristic mistakes as well in the opening quarter, I thought. you know, they, they, of... Perhaps, perhaps. But like overall, I mean, they got a, I mean, it was the kind of game that reminded me of watching Donegal 10 or 11 years ago. Like they got they got a couple of points ahead. Um, and you know, you kind of thought, oh Jesus, if they get another couple here, and then they had a goal <laughs> chance that they didn't get. Kieran Malloy made the block of all time to to uh to prevent a goal. I think if that goal with his foot, in, yeah, anyway, uh, it was it was, <laughs> it, was uh, it was a good block, and he uh, if that goal had gone in, I think I think it could have been a different story. It was being played on their terms, but Galway, to be fair to them, they stuck to they stuck to what they they stuck to the shape again. No more than Kerry. Uh, the following day, it was probably a test of Galway's structures and their trust and belief in what they were doing. Just to stay as they were, keep pushing Derry out to the flanks, make them recycle the ball over and over again because Derry have so such a such a small number of shooters to choose from. You could see guys were passing up opportunities to to, to go for scores. It was almost like they were told not to. Like mm. you, there, we only have these many people to shoot. And also the other thing that really kicked in, I thought, was just just conditioning. I thought Derry did just couldn't get up and down the field the way they needed to get up and down the field uh, in, in the manner they like to play it. They just looked, to me, they looked tired. And when the ball wasn't going over the bar and they weren't getting the scores to maintain that momentum, it kind of just frittered away on them a little bit. But look, they've come. They've come an awful long way, like, you mm. know? I mean, to get as close as they did, to be in an All-Ireland semi-final where they were absolutely 50-50 in a lot of people's heads, more than 50-50 in a lot of people's heads. Um, that's a huge that, that's a huge leap I, I, I wouldn't be beat, and, I, and I see it, some people are beating down on Derry the way they're playing so I wouldn't get I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that way you know I mean there's a million different ways to play football yeah uh, and it's up to the opposition to deal with that style of play and you know games yeah. take, take on their own shape you know they do and like anybody who's got a problem with a, a counter attacking team who are mad to score goals I, I, I like you know as you say there's different ways to play football not everyone's Kerry not everyone's Dublin Rory we might as well get onto it because you would have as good you probably have a better handle on the Hawkeye timeline than anyone I would imagine so can you can you tell us how this how this all unfurled well so the first thing is the officials did a really good job I think they should be given credit here because they did, they, they did nothing wrong. And I actually thought, in fairness to Brendan Cawley, I think he's a very good referee as well, by the way. And I thought he had a good game. And his umpires, they put the flag up. Everything was going tickety-boo. Next thing I look over and Hawkeye pops up and it says, Neil, and <clears throat> obviously the word then goes into the referee. They call in Hawkeye if they've made a mistake and it shows up. Neil and everybody accepts that. And then there was a bit of commotion inside in our truck because it wasn't so obvious from the main and camera angle. <clears throat> it wasn't even that obvious from the high behind because the high behind was yeah. just slightly off center. It was the high behind from the far end, which obviously showed the ball 
I'd say maybe two, 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 two feet, feet, two feet, feet inside, inside the post, the I'd post. say, yeah. And that obviously called into question then the integrity operation, the the just the machination of Hawkeye. Unfortunately, I think it's a um, it's a huge problem because it's a massive issue, particularly for the GAA heading into the hurling final more so. Like, I mean, look, if you looked at the football yesterday, we didn't use, we didn't have Hawkeye. It was fine, you know, a bit more pressure on the, the lads with the white coats, but it all worked fine. I think from a hurling perspective, it's, uh, it's much, it's a great tool for the officials as well. I'm not sure especially the way the ball and hurling can move like at the speed of, at, at which it can move did that actually go inside the post the angle that sometimes those umpires are stood at as well isn't always the best angle so it's a great backup now the whole integrity of it has been called into question i think that's unfortunate i think technology is ultimately dependent on humans and humans make mistakes obviously there was a mistake made with this in terms of how it was calibrated and configured and there might be an issue with this um uh, and obviously people are questioning you know the integrity of it now going back to previous incidents which i think is unfortunate and it's unfair because i do think the technology has served us well is it a coincidence that this has happened on the same weekend that the England cricket team are playing a big test match when Hawkeye would be, you know, high, a high priority and the Wimbledon finals where Hawkeye is in use and the international soccer tournament that's happening in the UK at the minute in the women's Euros where Hawkeye operate, obviously the goal line technology and the fact that, that maybe the GAA wouldn't necessarily be the highest on the list of Hawkeye's priorities. In Another terms problem of, with the split season for you, Rory. Well, there you go. They're sending the work experience lads over from Hawkeye. <laughs> well, like, look, you, you, the chances are it wasn't the A team operating it on Saturday and potentially Sunday. And um, look, I think that's. I just think it's a. It's a shame. I don't think we can go backwards. I think we just have to fix the problem, and you know. And that would be my view. I don't know how the lads feel. From from a football point of view, I, I don't want to get too bogged down in the in in that side of it. But Eamon, I'd be interested because you know it was four points to three going in at halftime. Derry thought four points to three, which is obviously um, very low scoring. So every point has a currency that is you know it's gone up. You know, it's a point isn't a point when you're when when the score is four or three, it's it's more than a point. It's like, you know, every single possession, as we mentioned with Derry before, every possession is like prized and like they don't like to waste the ball. And so they went up in a point up and then they come out of the dressing room and it's level. And Rory Gallagher was very magnanimous after that. Obviously, what else could he say? A point is a point. You have to give it to them. But that must have been difficult for them um, to kind of to go to, to to be for the equalizer to be scored rather in the dressing room, so to speak. Hundred percent, Mikey. And the thing about it was that in the first half, the stadium was quite flat, and um, when that happened, you know there was a buzz around the place at halftime because the word been, began to go out, and um, you know what's going to happen, and there's the discussions going on, and there was a bit of theatre around it, and then when the score was awarded, the Galway crowd got up on their feast. They lifted, it lifted the atmosphere and it lifted Galway. And I imagine it had the opposite effect on, on Derry. And as, as, as Michael said earlier as well, the Derry game, like it's so reliant on counter-attacking, 
getting the score and getting the lift of energy from that. Whereas what was actually happening to them on Saturday was they were getting turned over way more than they have been and getting counterattacked themselves. And that's the exact wrong thing that they need in their game because they burst forward in huge numbers together to support each other. They get the score, they get the belief in their system, they get energy, the crowd are behind them, they get back into shape. But what was happening to them the last day was when they were getting turned over, Galway were counterattacking them and the energy was visibly draining out of them as they were traipsing back rather than bombing back into their positions after after getting the score. So I, I think that was a factor, but I definitely think the Hawkeye thing after halftime, the timing of it and everything, it gave Galway a lift straight after halftime. Yeah, on, in, a, in a massive way. Um, Mick, I suppose we, we need to talk about him, uh, Damien Comer. Um, one, one of the reasons why sage football analysts like myself backed Galway to win the All-Ireland was mm. because of the number of forwards they have. Like, like I'm, I'm not really a sage football analyst. I just counted up all the good forwards they had and said, they could win an All-Ireland. Oh my guys. Yeah. And this is why, because Shane Walsh is tied up from play. Um, Rob Finnerty doesn't score from play. Matthew Tierney doesn't score from play. Patrick Kelly doesn't score from play now. They don't lean like Patrick Kelly isn't really the scorer in chief in there. Johnny Heaney gets a point. So you're thinking, right, that's Galway done, but it's not because that the bull in the China shop, who thankfully is free of injuries, just absolutely comes into it. And he could just he was enjoying himself so much. Like some people probably kind of might not not be fearful. You wouldn't say that of an intercounty footballer, but some intercounty footballers mightn't relish playing against a team like Derry. You get the impression Damien Comer absolutely lives for it. I would say given his injury profile over the last couple of years, you know, every every day now is just a an opportunity. You know what I mean? He's just probably just embracing the whole thing. And I mean in fair I mean even more impressive about his performance is the fact that Brendan Rogers has started so well. He got a couple of points and you're kind of looking going, Jesus, this is going to be one of those days where the full back scores more than the full forward, the poor fella, you know? And but you know he as you say, he 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 dug in and he uh, I mean he he played really really well. I mean their forwards you mentioned them there like I mean Rob Kern, he had a quite, quite a relatively quite game. Matty Tierney had a quite game. I actually was more impressed with Shane Walsh than I, I get the sense that other people were. I you know maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I mean the, the three frees after half time were essential. Number one, mm. if you of course you know when you look at Shane Walsh you want to see him involved more in open play. But I was just watching. I was watching him through the game and I just felt, Christ, he's putting in a great shift here. Like he defensively, he was exactly what Galway needed him to be. Um, whenever he got the opportunity to get on the ball, I thought he was very good. He held the ball really well, kept it moving around. Like I, I, I thought he had a really, really good, I actually thought he had a really good game. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I got the impression he had, he had a very, very good game. And then it was the kind of game that obviously it's almost obvious to say it like, but goals were going to be huge. And uh for Comer to get to get the first one, and then of course the second one was just, I mean, you know, to, he had he had what I loved about it was he had Rogers beaten before the ball even got to him, he had him beaten on the turn before the ball even got there. You felt, and once he got it, then I mean the finish was just magnificent. Like I mean he made he made a very difficult chance look fierce easy. A long kick into an open goal might sound handy up, but geez, that was uh, that could have gone anywhere. And in anyone else's hands, that could have gone anywhere. <laughs> But like it's going to be a great battle. I mean, you look at it now, and it'll be—I'm sure—to be built up in this way, uh, you know, between Comer and Clifford. Like, who's who? Who will gain? Who will gain the advantage in the final? You know, uh, which is an entirely different conversation. But it's great to see Damien Comer flying because he's one of those players that brings energy to the thing, and you know, he brings, as you say, that kind of bull in the china shop sort of energy to it, and fantastic technical player as well on top of that. 
Oh yeah, now that when I say bullet in a china shop, that's like uh, the aggression he brings. Like oh, I know, the, yeah, the, I know. the skills are are evident. Um, Rory, was any of what the an ovation? What an ovation he got coming off! I thought. Oh it was, yeah. Uh, oh, it was spoke volumes for him, classic Parik Joyce. Well, that was a good move. Like yeah, he, yeah. you know, he was already creating the the atmosphere for the final. He was getting, you know, big cheer for Cormac at the crowd yeah, going, yeah. and obviously giving another lad a, a few minutes just on the pitch. But yeah. like, it was a, yeah. R- Rory, there was, there was a lot going on with that substitution. Roy, I have another technology question for you um, after Hawkeye. What's the story with Park Joyce's uh, AirPods? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they weren't there in the first half and they were there at the end of the match. What's going on? <laughs> it's a good question. Like, I suppose they may, like, probably their stats, man. I would imagine there's somebody feeding something into uh, somebody feeding some yeah. class of information. But yeah. yeah, sure. Look, I, don't, I think uh, most managers, I mean, you were near peace, didn't you? you did you have a spotter? Yeah. No, no, I didn't wear. <clears throat> I didn't like it, Rory. I just didn't like. Um, I didn't like someone else in my head. I just preferred to watch the match myself. But we did. That we'd always have had one, if not two, of the management in in the stand, and they would have been wired up to the other member of management on the on the line. Then, and we would have communicated away. But what I find fascinating about the Potter Joyce one, um, go, going right back to the Mayo game, I noticed that, that day is that Keen O'Neill is wired up the traditional, the black wire that's, you know, that's the kind of internal walkie-talkie system like this. Uh, You know, Neil is wired up to that one. So I imagine it's John Dively on that one. You know, that's John Dively always seems to sit in the stand and he's the the eyes in the sky. But uh, Patrick Joyce has someone on the AirPod then as well. So maybe 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 he's just listening to music. (laughs) I could be listening to music. (laughs) I was going to say, like through Crime Pod or something. Yeah, Yeah, he could just be like just chilling out. He just needs to, you know, zone out, you know, the 75,000 people screaming behind him. Eamon, was any of the was any of the gloss taken off this for Galway with that late goal because you know because of their the, the fade outs which we discussed in detail here on Thursday? Um, they would definitely be disappointed with it, uh, Mikey, because I imagine they discussed it and worked on it as much as they could since the Armagh game, not conceding the late goals and the fact that it has been a bit of a pattern through throughout the the championship for them. But again, it just means that it's another bit of a stick for for Padre Joyce and the management to beat them with for the next couple of weeks that we have to be better in these situations. And, you know, when you're conscious of something like that, particularly when you're winning the games, you're going to keep improving it. And uh, in general, you know, like one fellow that, well, two two of the backs, because look, as is the natural thing, um, and being a, a firm card-holding member of the backs union, it's important to mention the backs as well, because, you know, the, the obvious thing is to talk about Damien Comer's performance, which was exceptional, but I was so impressed again with John Daly, number one at centre-back, and having played there myself, I always, you know, keep an eye on the centre-back and what he's doing and whatever. He's been brilliant throughout the championship for, for, for Galway. Um, for Comer's second goal, he was the one that forced the turnover there um, with discipline and, and moved an accurate kick pass on. Liam Silk then was actually the fellow that gave the, the, the pass into Damien Comer. And I thought Liam Silk defensively was absolutely outstanding as well. He picked up Shane McGuigan. Uh, you know, there was one cameo. I think I mentioned it in the in the comms that he tried Shane McGuigan, looked for a backdoor cut. You know, he's great movement, Shane McGuigan, when close to ball. And, you know, Mick mentioned it earlier that all the other Derry players are looking to give it to him. It's very hard to mark a player that when everyone is looking to give it to him, that all he needs is a yard of space. So he went for the backdoor cut. Liam Silk covered that. 
then he came and he went to go on a bit of a loop around again Liam still covered that and they had to go and rotate the ball after that and McGuigan was just taken out of it I think he only got one point from play um, the the last day so huge kudos to the two lads and you know Sean Kelly and Kieran Malai Dylan McHugh Jack Glenn they all played well as a unit back there but I think John Daly and Liam Silk were really really good uh, on Saturday One thing though Eamon and I'm interested in everyone's view again like I was a bit disappointed Derry didn't lamp a few in I don't think they did it once and I think you can be damn sure Kerry will um, because if you look back obviously to the Armagh game there's a, there is a weakness there. They like we're letting balls bounce inside the small square. Like Armagh got such huge joy. I was expecting Derry to at least try it once, and they didn't. You know, and for them to not try it at all, okay, they might necessarily have the same targets, and it's not necessarily their game. But if you see an opposition, a big opposition weakness, where they're like, if you just lamp one in, you never know what can come off it because they have a, you know, they're a bit ropey in dealing with it. And for them to not test Galway at all on that, I, I, I thought was slightly disappointing because I, I'd be fairly certain Kerry will. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Rory. And I think <clears throat> by the end of the pitch, when Emmett, Brand, when Emmett Bradley was on the pitch as well, either himself or Connor Glass could have gone in there as an option and, you know, again, it's something that could have been practiced in training. But having said that, it goes against everything that Rory Gallagher believes. And yes, he doesn't yeah. believe in putting percentage balls up for grabs and putting it in there. Now, you know, bearing in mind the opposition, and that is one of his, his calling cards. And one of the things he gets credit for is he looks at the opposition and he tweaks things. And, you know, when you're practicing the scenarios as a Derry manager or as a Derry player, okay, lads, we're four or five points down. What are we going to do? Maybe we'll try this. We'll put Connor Gass in at the edge of the square and we're just going to bomb ball in top of him. But I reckon if if they had done that late in the game, Conroy would have just followed him back and he would have been just, you know, under the high balls, flaking it out as well. They're probably so conditioned to the way they play as well that, you know, for all we know, it could have been something that he mentioned in passing and said, look, if the option, if it's on, give it a rattle. But again, maybe it was that, that that lack of energy as well, maybe that the the ball wasn't always on, the right guy wasn't always in in close to goal. But same as same as you lads, I, I was surprised now that they didn't just chance, yeah, chance one like like what they were doing wasn't working anyway, Mick. Do you know what I mean? I I know. I, I mean the thing is when you get to this stage of the game, particularly for a team like Derry, you like to bring difference, something different, just to throw the opposition because. You know they're they're operating deliberately operating off a relatively small pool of players. If they would have been very analyzable for get for Galway, um, so you would like to kind of be bringing something a bit, just throw an old curveball in somewhere just to, to see how 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 they'd handle it. I, I was surprised, but again, when you're in the white heat of that stuff and you're just conditioned yeah. to do a certain thing, you will fall back on what I know is the safe thing to do, and that's experience as well. And like as I say, like this is these are the agonizing small steps now that Derry have to take next. I mean, they've made the big leap. Now it's about developing a forward or two. It's about looking at other aspects of their game, their game management. What would I do differently if I had that ball back again? That sense, all that stuff that comes with with being in these situations, you know. Um, so you know, it'll be interesting to see how 
how that kind of blends and, and sits in them for the next year or two, you know? Yeah, and Kieran McFall back as well. be a big one, Michael, you know, that uh, once, <laughs> once he's accepted back into the setup. Well, uh, that's you know. what I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I think it might be, there might be a job of work possibly more so on Kieran McFall's side of things than the management side of things to get yeah. back in there. Also, Callum Lynch in, in yeah. Australia is a massive... Yeah. Like, Callum Lynch is, is a serious, serious card for them to play if he was back. Uh, not necessarily... Not a not a sort of what would you put it? Not a a beautifully gliding player of the Clifford type, but a real a, a guy who can really make a huge difference in close to goal. If we're talking about, I mean, if Callum Lynch had been on the edge of the square the last day, mm-hmm. oh, they would have been bombing balls. In. You know, yeah. they absolutely would have been bombing balls. And so it'll be interesting to see whether whether he materializes back in Derry in the next twelve months. Yeah, well, McFall can always say you know, if he's in the states, Interflora, he can send Rory Gallagher some flowers to start <laughs> with, and then you know, kind of soften things up, and then. Bringing back some Hershey kisses from, you know, some chocolate you can't get in Ireland. That's another good step. And then then we'll see where he's getting to. Um, mention of the Talton Cup final, um, Rory, um, as, as it has delivered for most of the year, entertainment. Um, obviously, Kieran Martin's goal is, is getting a lot of headlines, but I thought that um, the block by Maguire at the end was just fantastic as well. Un- was... Un- unbelievable. And it was um, <clears throat> in a lot of, like, it was it was the better game on Saturday. Let's be honest in terms of end to end and attacking football from both teams. Both teams entered into the spirit of it in a good way as well, and it's been the kind of feature of the Talchin Cup from the very get go. Like as I was saying, there is a kind of a tally ho kind of a feel to the football that's played in it. In that you'll score, I'll score, you'll score, I'll score. It's the kind of divide of any of the cynicism that you would associate with the kind of latter stages of. The All-Ireland will say Sam Maguire level and has an innocence to it, which I think is great. So what you're, what you're and, saying is, well, no, it's been truly accepted as a tournament when everybody is not playing like this. <laughs> well, like, there is a niceness to the football. Now, obviously, look, we saw an unfortunate tackle by um, by Tom Scalligan and, you know, look, I think he was just ever so slightly late. But by and large, the football that we've seen in it, it's it's nice, like it's lovely. It's great old football, and it's 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 lovely stuff to watch. And that's that's you know, and it's... I think it's a good thing. But yeah, but <laughs> yeah, well done, yeah, Westmeath. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, Almighty! Like I mean, short of going down and patting him on the top of the head there, now. <laughs> like, like I I I'd say, I mean, I think I take the point. I mean, like I was caught. I'll be honest, I was caught in a bit of traffic you now coming in on Saturday, so I only got to see a bit of the second half of the final. But I mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's it's um, it's maybe not as cynical if you want to put it that way. As, yeah, as, that's as it. I don't. I'm not, I'm not saying this in a patronizing way. Sorry, Mick, and if that's the way it came across, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't necessarily want to say it that, but I think yeah. it, there's like it, it it it's there isn't it doesn't have that kind think, of cynicism that we're seeing in uh, say. I th- yeah. yeah, I think, but I think what and it it just struck me actually before the Kerry Dublin game started, like. What, you, what you've seen in the Talchin Cup is teams, most of the time, teams of equal ability coming up against each other, which mm. in itself invites teams to have a go because both teams will feel we can win this if we go after this game. Yeah. In the same way that Kerry the and freedom, Dublin... There's a freedom in it. Like, the yeah. same, in the same way that Kerry and Dublin would have gone up against each other yesterday and both of them believing we can win this game. Mm. And I mean, if you think about it, I'm trying to even analyse Kerry Dublin coming into yesterday was almost... It was really, really difficult because we still even though the number of games they're playing is increasing over the years with backdoors and all the rest of it, you still play a relatively small number of football games. So like Kerry and Dublin, and, and particularly against teams of equal ability at that level. So, I mean, Kerry and Dublin was, I mean, trying to predict, I mean, that's why all the conversation 
came down so focused on Con because we hadn't an opportunity to see Dublin play without Con really in a game against a team like Kerry. So suddenly it's like, well, if Con's not there, they're goosed. For all we knew, Kieran Kilkenny was side in training, burning it up at full forward, and Paddy Small was flying, coming off, and you know, and who knows? But because because the teams in the Sam McGuire so rarely play teams of equal ability uh, down the years. It's very, very hard to get a sense, get a form line, number one. And number two, you tend to get these mismatches. And as a result, you have teams developing defensive styles just to try and hold out, hold out, hold out and try and squeak a win. Whereas if you look at the Talchin Cup, that's not the case because, okay, fair enough. I take it that it's, it's a kind of, lads are having a free shot and it's, they're not too worried if they win or lose. But at the moment, that's the case at the moment. But by and large, I think the fact that equal teams of equal ability are playing each other is benefiting that competition and down the track it will benefit the Sam Maguire Cup as we go forward that you have teams more, more often playing each other at the same level and just, just the, the type of football we're seeing will improve yeah I hope anyway Eamon uh, they're obviously now in the Sam Maguire next year Westmeath which is which is great for them and I think most of us predicted a Cavan win so better again um, and they obviously have some fantastic footballers you know we've <clears throat> I think their forward line has moved on from being John Heslin plus five others there's now definitely a supporting cast or even you could say new stars in the likes of Ronan O'Toole um, yeah, it was outstanding, yeah. yeah so Eamon could you see like first of all I know it's slightly devalued from next year but like could they have a cut the Leinster Championship they, they'd, they'd be I suppose they'd like to think of themselves now as like you know somewhere around the same ranking as Meath and Kildare anyway should they not and like the confidence they'll get from this and as Mick says the playing together um, they'll come into the league now a step up because they've been playing football together longer than most of their rivals and that'll feed into it and then they'll have a, a, a Leinster Championship to kind of hone themselves for what will be obviously a, a difficult enough assignment in the Sam Maguire you'd imagine it will, but <clears throat> there's so much growth in, in this competition and this win for, for Westmeath, uh, Mikey. Like, you know, you mentioned, I, I felt all along, I, I'd seen them a couple of times this year. They're a very balanced team. They have a lot of good players. Like you said, the over-reliance and John Heslin is gone. Ron O'Toole is probably the player of the of the championship in terms of the Talton Cup. He was just absolutely brilliant in, in a lot of the games for them. Um, you know, the likes of Sam McCartan, Narkin Dolan, Luke Lachlan, all those fellas up front. Ray Knellan's very experienced. Jack Smith, a brilliant man marker. Kevin Maguire, inspirational fullback. Ronan Wallace driving up the field. They have a load of excellent uh, footballers. But number one, they, they, like, they're going to look to get promoted. Number one out of Division 3 next year. Um, they're going to, I imagine up the ante with regard to their conditioning uh, over the winter, which is going to be a lot easier to do after coming off this win. That team holiday that they're going to go on, that's going to bond them even tighter again, make them, the, the team spirit is going to grow because of a team holiday like that. And, you know, even the, the scenes that we saw in, in Mullingar on Saturday evening, that, that was just outstanding. Like the scenes in the pitch, number one, even the fireworks, the reaction of the players, I heard Jack Cooney interviewed before the game and he was talking about, you know, enjoying an All-Ireland final. How do you enjoy an All-Ireland final? And he knows now because after winning it, there's huge enjoyment in it. And all that stuff is just absolutely massive for, for, for Westmead. So um, it was brilliant. I thought it was a brilliant competition. And I thought, in fairness to the GA, I thought they put on a great show on Saturday. And, uh, you know, and it being on live television and everything, I think that it's there was an awful lot of it got right. 
and and it needed to be and we all said that at the start that we needed it to be we were worried about the lack of marketing around it and things like that at the start but um no it's been a brilliant success and i think i saw tony lean tweeting that those scenes in Mullingar, basically the marketing campaign for next year's Dalton <laughs> Cup, that all of the other teams would want to get 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 in on that. So it was um, it was brilliant. But Westmeath will grow and they will have a cut. And I mean, remember this year they had a right cut off Kildare as well, well, Mikey. So they'll be even better for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, lads, I think we might leave it there. It was I mentioned too? It was a good weekend for Galway football. Obviously, their um, their, their miners had a, a great win. You don't beat the Galway miners three times in a row after getting two <laughs> two two fairly convincing beatings from Mayo. They they went to the All Ireland final, and uh, spare thought for our our Mayo friends who may have to watch on in a fortnight's time as Galway. <laughs> Galway winning all Ireland, you know, first time around, you know, first goal for this team, and um, it would be fairly typical. Um, but Mayo, there was good news in the women's football. Obviously, they had a great win over Cork, and they'll play Kerry in the All. Big upsets there. Yeah, yeah and Donegal yeah. beating Dublin as well, and they'll play Mead. So we'll have a preview of those on Thursday, along with the hurling final, obviously, because um, it's getting to the business stage there the, of the women's of the ladies' senior football championship. Um, okay, lads, thanks very much to Mick and to Eamon and to Rory. Um, we will be back, as I said, on Thursday. So we'll chat to you then. Good luck. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it!